48 hour art check best of podcast in this round we talk about why i tell stories read some comments from some listeners and solve all of humanity's conflicts this is sparta normally i will have thought about a lot i'm, I'm very introspective and i i will often try to figure out my motivations for doing things and honestly, I don't think I've ever thought about this. And then since we brought this topic up, I've really struggled to nail it down. I think I do have a couple things. Uh, and, and, I've, and I've talked about kind of the, the history of how I got started in comics quite a few times. But, but basically, um, you know, my wife was going through postpartum depression for a number of years. Um, and and, and at long story short, I had come to a place where she got better and I didn't. My reaction to her wasn't great. Um, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good for, for me or her. Um, and and it, I found that I just wanted to do something for myself instead of, because I had been kind of like, um, th this makes it sound like I was doing something noble or something, but I had kind of like sacrificed quite a bit. Um, and, and, and anyway, long story short, I started doing comics and it was the first time in years that I had felt um, like fulfillment and satisfaction. Um, and, and so there was something in that. And, and I, for a, number, for a number of reasons, I don't think that's why I tell stories. I think that's just, I happened, like every blind squirrel finds a nut. Um, and and if, I think, if I think back, my parents and grandparents are all incredible storytellers. Um, they're all teachers, all uh, six of them. Um, and I mean, I just remember as a kid growing up in a household where my dad, um, in, in a noisy room, would begin telling a story to someone and everyone would start to listen because he was just so funny and so good at storytelling. Um, and I kind of developed that uh, that, 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 that ability to, to kind of craft a story verbally and I'm much better much better verbally not right now as I trip over all of my words and think about this but I'm much better verbally telling a story than I am writing one still to this day I think because I have decades of practice and, I, and I've only got a few years under my belt of trying to kind of stumble through this new aspect of my life um, but the thing that I liked about it was I just really enjoyed um, watching people react it's just it's there's nothing like a room full of people enjoying a story that you're telling um, and and if you've ever done any stand-up comedy uh, which I've done a number of times um, that's that's an awesome feeling I, I did stand up I did a stand-up routine once um, that I kind of just wrote on the fly um, and it killed I mean people were rolling the aisles and it was in college people were talking about it on campus for for weeks after that, I did another one after that, and it was, it was awesome, and uh, and then and then I moved, to a different area where I, I was in this very niche audience in college, uh, and I moved to a different area that didn't have that niche audience, and I tried it again, and I bombed hard, harder than I've oh, ever man. bombed at anything in my life. And that was the last time I did stand-up comedy. And uh, probably for the better, I think. Um, just just based on based on where I want my life to be and, and stuff. I, I think stand-up is is not is not for me. But um but I got a taste of that. I got a taste of that 
uh, kind of getting that. And so I think if I'm being truly honest, because because if I look at I look at why I'm telling stories, I would absolutely love it if my books took off and made a ton of money and all that stuff. But I think I would mainly like it because of what that represented. Um, because my job is awesome. I love it, you know, and you can always use more money. And I, I'm not saying that I'm not doing it for the money, but um, but there are easier ways to make money, significantly easier ways to make money that I've done and been successful at. Um, and so from like a time standpoint, I don't, it's not the money. I What I think that it represents is it's a room full of people uh, yeah. gl- globally or nationally that are interested in what you're saying and what you're doing. And like, I have one video where I describe um, this experience that I had uh, buying my current motorcycle and driving it back, and and it was just a crazy trip where I almost died a number of times. And it it that video hasn't gone viral or taken off or anything, but but that video is is true to form of like my verbal storytelling, and um, I love talking to people about it because I've had a, quite a few people. Uh, send me a text message or email me and say, we were just talking about that story that you told. Will you send me the link to that video again? Because we want to watch it. It's like a 45-minute long video. And I've had yeah. a number of people that are just like, I've watched it so many times, it's so funny. And so that 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 concept of like people being touched by something that I've that I've made, I think I think that's part of it. And then on the on the flip side, and, and this is slightly morbid. I, I and I don't know if you want to call this uh, call this prideful or whatever, but I'm trying to create something that will outlast me. Um, I'm trying to create something that will be around long after you know I've I've died and and, and I'm gone um, because I I find that type of immortality fascinating, and and I've uh, I've always wanted to create something that causes people to think. And so um, when I do when I do stickers, when I do when I do uh, editorial illustrations, um, you know, I, my main goal is not to get people to think something specific, but just to get them to think something that they might not have thought before. Whether that yeah. is whether that's what I intended or not. And so often the messages that I have are a little ambiguous. Um, and, and that's why I like things like like sci-fi and, and high fantasy and things is because um, you can you can take these characters and because they're an orc or an alien or whatever um, we don't relate to them as much until we realize later that you relate to them more than you would have if it was really obvious that you were supposed to relate to them in, or yeah. in, in other words you know if there's a guy that's exactly like me on screen and he starts doing something that I don't like, I'm going to be like, oh, geez, you know, they're doing this again, you know, where they're making fun of the whatever, you know, or whatever. Um, but if it's like, you know, some guy with two heads and, you know, four arms or whatever, and I relate to the, his way of thinking, and then I see some results of those actions taken to a logical extreme, that's a type yeah. of storytelling that I really, really find fascinating. It's kind of like what Rod Serling did with... Um, with what he did, he was writing shows and the censors kept saying, you can't put that on TV, can't put that on TV. And then he's like, fine, they're all monsters and aliens now and it's all in a weird dimension and everybody's like, great. Literally the same stories. Um, but yeah. because it was in a different package, 
he was able to get across some fairly revolutionary ideas at the time. I mean, this is, you know, kind of in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And he was, uh, he was saying things about, about racism and sexism and, and violence and stuff that, that were taboo to talk about. Um, yeah, for sure. But because he wrapped it in a story, that story was actually able to change the way people think it. And, and I think if I go back to my childhood, um, and, I, and I've said this on here a number of times too, um, if you look at like the X-Men and you look at Spider-Man and you look at those, I mean, the X-Men represent a repressed minority, whether whatever. And the cool thing about it is because they are mutants, um, they can represent any oppressed minority. They could represent blacks um, in, in the, in the sixties. They can represent homosexuals. They can represent whoever, because it's basically the government coming out and saying, uh, Hey, you're different than us and we're scared of you. And so we're going to try to legislate this. And it's like Jim Crow and it's like all this stuff. But as a kid, I was just like, people should be nice to people. You know, and like that was the message that got across. And it was such a global message that even today it informs my it informs my politics It informs my thinking that that like deep down, I feel like I should have empathy with people who are different than me because the other reaction is fear and fear leads to giant sentinel robots going off and trying to kill people, uh, you know, at the special school or whatever, or it leads to internment camps. Uh, of all the Japanese Americans. And and all of that came about because of this somewhat silly story of a guy with claws that come out of his hands and another guy that shoots laser beams out of his eyes and, you know, this blue hairy guy who, you know, is a scientist. And it's like such an absurd thing that that is able to set like a moral core. But I've talked to a number of people um, who, if they're being honest... Uh, they can trace back their their morality, their 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 sense of right and wrong, to some stories. It doesn't have to be comics, but stories that they were told when they were kids, stories that they consumed yeah. as they grew up. The reason Peter Parker is so um, popular is because everybody in junior high and high school feels like they have this wellspring of great power as their body changes and they feel really powerful, but at the same time they don't know what to do with it and it's awkward and they're going through weird social awkward things and they make decisions that screw things up and, you know, and then it just like, you know, do you, do you go save Aunt May or do you, do you go kiss your girlfriend? I don't know what's going on. And you, there's all these like things. And I don't relate to that as much anymore as I'm approaching 40. Um, but I can say significantly that, based on based on based on those type of things um that a large part of why i instinctually do good yeah um not not that i'm a good person all the time but like i have i have a natural inclination towards towards goodness is is because of the types of stories that i consumed uh when i was a kid and i just i believe in being heroic and so as as an adult now um i mean I don't know that I I don't know that that is the reason that I tell stories, but I know it's the reason that I pick certain stories over other stories. Uh, the Tongue Cut Sparrow, um, I spent over six months of my life uh, making this book. It is it is about a woodcutter who goes into the woods and finds an injured bird, helps the bird, 
you know, and somebody who's greedy and mean gets punished and somebody who's nice and kind gets rewarded. Um, and the idea, the idea there is that, um, one second, the idea there is that the, uh, the woodcutter got nothing from that situation. There was nothing about seeing this injured sparrow that, uh, that he could see any monetary, uh, benefit or any social standing or anything. There was, there was no value in helping that bird other than the value of being a good person that someone in help who couldn't do, or someone in need who can't do anything for you needed your help. And at the end of that, um, he's wealthy, he's gained this great friendship, um, you know, and all this stuff. And I find like that concept of fairy tales, um, to be really powerful because I mean, the best thing that I think could happen with that story is that somewhere, some kid who's on the wrong track, uh, you know, or is raised in an environment that isn't isn't going to help them out when they're older, sees that and thinks, you know what, I'm going to help people no matter what, you know, even yeah. if they're different than me, you know, a different species or a different whatever, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I, I think it's important to be good. So yeah. I, I don't know if that is why, because I mean, ultimately, if I'm really being honest, the reason that I choose to tell stories is because um at first when i first started learning to draw um i didn't bother writing a story i was just drawing these characters and i was putting them in a comic because i was was like what's the most drawing that i'll be forced to do what's the project that will force me to draw the most um yeah and i um but then i said wait a minute if i'm going to invest this amount of time into something, I would actually like people to remember it and I would like people to spend some time with it and to think about it. And so to do that, because I can, if you look at how people consume art today, they, they look at hundreds of images in several minutes, scrolling past, you know, hundreds of images on Pinterest or, or Twitter or Instagram, they just scroll, 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 scroll. And like each one of those took that person hours and hours and hours there's a huge amount of sacrifice and so i said if i want somebody to sit with my art then it needs to be backed by a story and so it's kind of the selfish thing of trying to trick people into engaging with my work more because stories are one of the most engaging things that we encounter as human beings so yeah i I think that's probably has something to do with it i don't know no i i i I totally relate to that and actually it's it's funny because like there's it, this happens every time like we've read comments and, and I've heard you know you now kind of explain some of your motivations <clears throat> and it does bring to mind a lot of things like I do remember that being one of the appeals and one of the one of the big urgent things when I decided to kind of finally just sit down and finish a comic yeah it was motivated very much by the idea of like look if I'm gonna invest a lot of time into something it better be worth it you know right um, and um, Onyx in the chat mentioned, uh, you know, um, how many stories uh, do we get anymore where the good person is rewarded? And I, th- I think that's a really interesting thing. It, it just kind of reminds me, and I'm not sure where I've read this recently, but I do remember reading the original statement where uh, Neil Gaiman was talking about um, Coraline and kind of the way that he drafted it. And he was saying that the, the beauty of fiction or the, the brilliance of fiction wasn't that it told us about dragons. Children know about dragons. 
it, it's that it it convinces children that dragons can can be defeated. Right. <laughs> and and it's like that's that's the fiction. Yeah. And um and that you kind of get people to believe and and then people will actually do. And so that's like that to me is a um very powerful motivation I, I think I've read a lot of authors mention. Yeah, and um, this this actually this reminds me of a story along those lines because I love that quote. Um, and, and, and I'm sure I bastardized it. I don't think that was the best version of that no, quote. But no, I think, I, think, story. I think you said it right. The reason that we tell fairy tales is not because dragons are real, but because it tells us that dragons can be killed um, or defeated or something along those lines. But I I remember this time. There was, there was a time, uh, and I will be vague intentionally, um, because I don't want to like besmirch anybody's name or whatever, but I was working at a place. Um, it, it was a long time ago, and it it was it was a uh, um, how do I tell this without being? I'm just gonna tell. Okay, so I was I was an animator and graphic designer at a, at a at a place where we were doing some stuff, and our workload tanked really hard, and so the the boss was a cool guy, and he was like, hey, we're gonna still keep everybody on. Um, because we can get through this, we'll weather the storm or whatever. But what I found was that like, I started showing up to work and I had to like invent things to, to do. And uh, I will take being busy at work over that situation any day. So I, what I actually did is I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to take my vacation right now. And he was worried that I was going to like bail. And that was when I bought my first motorcycle. So I bought my first motorcycle. I took this vacation where I drove from, um, now this is going to give away Spokane, Washington to to Portland, Oregon, down the coast of California and back about 3,500 miles round trip. I slept on the, I slept on the side of the road. I slept on the beach. Um, I met a lot of people that you would consider to be homeless, but are not your, your typical homeless. They're more, um, vagrant, which is really interesting. There's a whole segment of society that I wasn't aware of. Um, fascinating, fascinating experience, really eye opening. I, I, I only had with me, uh, a, a 357 snub nose, a, a bar of soap, and a, a bed roll and a sleeping bag. And so I would just wash my clothes and myself whenever I came by a, a body of water. It was a, it was a real interesting experience. But I brought... Nice, I, like, Kerouac-style trip there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I brought with me a um, Joseph Conrad's uh, short stories. He's the guy who wrote Heart of Darkness and, and stuff like that. And uh, there is a short story in there called Youth. And it's really interesting because it's this really old sailor telling about his first experience on a ship as as a first mate so he had, he had grown up on ships you know as as a uh, cabin boy and all that but his first experience as an officer i um, mean he was really young and it was this it was the ship and literally everything that went wrong could go wrong i mean the ship like blew up and they had to rebuild it and it leaked and at one point in time it it was leaking so bad that every everyone on on the boat including the captain would would uh spend 12 hours a day um at the bilge pump just pumping their guts out so they didn't sink well they slowly trudged along because they were so waterlogged they couldn't go very fast so you'd 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 like sleep for six hours you'd pump for 12 hours you'd, you'd eat and do whatever else needed to happen and everybody was just like horribly zombie then they get into port and um, they get into port and they nothing happened and they didn't have any work to do and they were so bored and there's a line in that book where he said after a month of waiting for the ship to 
uh, waiting for the ship to be fixed, I longed for the bilge pump. And it was such an interesting experience because here I am kind of on my own. I've got my little notebook where I'm writing stuff, you know, and, uh, and I'm reading this story and I'm kind of like no electronics or anything, sleeping under the stars and everything. And there's this seafaring story, uh, you know, about these people out in the ocean. Uh, that was my exact situation. And I thought, that's my problem is I'm longing for the bilge pump. That's why I'm unhappy right now is I don't have any work to do. I'm not being productive. And so it was a really interesting experience that um, this, this story, unrelated to what was going on in my life at all, I've never been on a tall ship. I've never been on a whaling vessel. Um, you know, uh, the only time I've been in the ocean is on a surfboard. But... Uh, but I was able to relate so strongly to the sentiment of it. It has stuck in my mind as a, as a, as a powerful um, motivating force. Um, and that was, that was 15 years ago. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't even married. I was a different person. That was four jobs ago. And yet yeah. one of the main reasons why I continue to behave the way that I do and spend my time the way that I do is because my interaction with this one line in this book that I related to really powerful at that time. And if there is, if I tell a hundred stories and one line of one of those stories relates to somebody in a way that impacts their life that way, I think, I think probably that has something to do with why I tell stories. Yeah. And yeah. If, I think that would tie back to the, the kind of giving back thing, right? Because you're, it, you've experienced when it's done well, when it, when, when you have that point of like kind of connection to a story and it's like, you almost want to provide it back. Yeah. I think there's a huge part of that. I think most people who make art, you know, you, you almost have to love art before you start drawing. Like you, there's, there's usually at some point a drawing you see where you're like, wow, I want to do that. You yeah. know, like I want to kind of provide that. And, um, and I, I think that's a huge motivating factor. That's cool. Man. Yeah. So I don't know. Super all over the place and random, but that's uh, probably. Well, so, I don't know. I haven't. I, I don't feel like I've nailed down like what it is at the core, but it probably has something to do with my desire to be somewhat immortal. Uh, you know, probably some sort of prideful yeah. thing about being famous, and then. Uh, just an inner drive to like to tell stories based on the fact that I think uh, I think all of human connection is based on storytelling, and I and I have like a deep seated desire for people to connect with each other more than they are. I mean, if you just look at the yeah. political climate out there, there's so much uh, dissension and hate and and othering and name calling um, on on everybody is just is just and if it's like if you sat down and heard their story and were able to tell your story, it would be impossible at that time uh, to retain your humanity and other them. And, yeah, and so I think storytelling is so powerful. Um, it, it's, I just think it's a really essential part of what's going on. So. Yeah, so it's so funny that we both have this common experience with why we tell stories, which is we both have these vague kind of I mean, it, it's a it's a very difficult to answer question. I want you guys to try it. Like pe people who are watching or listening, who haven't yet, share why you make stories. It's hard to pin down. Um, it really is. And, and 
what's interesting is when you crack open that that topic, it just provide it it goes into all sorts of things like our our you know our childhoods, our like our families, our experience with other stories, our our reason for doing anything. Like there's it gets really heavy. And uh, and it's interesting because like I think neither of us really were able to like bullet point it to this is the specific reason because there is a part of it that's just like I I mean I think I don't know it's hard it's hard to pin down I I Um, think and and also it's a it's a non kind of black and white thing it it's very there's all over the place kind of reasons for it I think I think the uh, my favorite thing you said it was the idea of kind of liking that feeling of a room full of people engaged in your story. Right. And I, I I think that, um, really resonated. Like, I I think most of what you've said resonated, but that, that really stuck with me too out of this. Yeah. And I, and I think there's a shallow way to take that, which, which if I'm being honest, I think that that is part of it. The shallow way to take that is that, Oh, people are paying attention to me and there's adulation and, you know, and, and, and that I, I, and, and anybody who says that they don't care about that is is probably being slightly disingenuous. But I also think yeah. that there's a deeper part of that where I think a basic human need is to connect with other people. We're, we're social and we don't do well by ourselves. And um, and and there's there's really nothing stronger than than a shared experience of a story. I mean, inside jokes are just stories that. They're little hints of a story that relate to an experience that you guys had with each other, or a story that you guys told, or a goof that somebody did. It's an event that happened as a story and that strengthened your relationship with that person. And it's an inside joke, and it's funny, and it's pleasant, and 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 we enjoy bringing it up again because it reminds us of this event, this story that happened. And yeah. even like, uh, even when I just read, I just read a uh, a psychologist saying um, that they were talking that they were talking about a study they wrote an article about a study um that we we is we tend to socially do the wrong thing when people are in pain when people are experiencing pain we tend to try to fix it or try to tell them to get over it when um research has shown over and over and over again that sitting with that pain and validating the pain and and listening to the story of that pain is the most helpful thing. Because if you tell somebody, hey, it's going to get better, just buck up, maybe just go out and go for a walk or something, what you're actually telling them is, I, I'm not comfortable with the story of your pain and I don't want to hear it and I need you to like, you're making everybody around you uncomfortable, I'd like you to go and get over this. And and that's got a, it's got a direct inverse relationship to healing. Yeah. Whereas no, if, you can find, if you can find somebody who's willing to like, I'm going to sit with your pain and hear your story, um, it will be sad and painful and it instant, not instantly, but it, it drastically improves and quickens the, the healing process of that. And so it's kind of yeah. an interesting thing that it doesn't even have to be a happy or a funny story. It can be a sad story. It can be a painful story. It can be a gut wrenching story. And yet in the sharing of that story and in the receiving of that story, there's good that comes of even, even the negative and the hard stories. Yeah, even like healing, and and what's what's fascinating about um, about both aspects of it is like it, it's kind of an exchange. So, it, of course, it feels good to tell a story and have people listening and actively listening, or in the case of what we're doing, 
now actively reading and actively looking. Um, but, but at the same time, there's also a gift given by the story. Like I've had so many times where I might've had like the worst day in the world. I'm in line at a grocery store and some old guy who's a really good storyteller just randomly tells me right. a story yeah. and it like, it, it changes my day. Sometimes it might change my week or my month because I've had this really fascinating, interesting story happen. Um, sometimes it can lead to like weird rabbit holes. Um, you know, we, I think we were both talking about like seafaring rabbit holes that we've gone down <laughs> and, and a lot of that comes from really good story where yeah. it's just like, this is, you know, even if it's true stories, you know, like journalism and stuff, you can, you can find yourself just, um, th there's this beauty of like kind of receiving that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I think, man, it, it's, this is a crazy topic and I'm sure it's going to carry over to another, um, episode. Then we took a minute to tease a future episode that follows up on one of our earlier episodes. We're going to meet again with Stephen Henderson, uh, and you'll remember him from the episode of Why Aren't You Writing? Uh, we're going to follow up with him because he has begun writing. It's over 9,000! Although we need to get your friend back on, so maybe yeah. maybe next week. Maybe, uh, fingers crossed. He... I think he's. I think he's available, so we could we could see if uh, if Friday night or Monday night would work for him. I'll, nice. I'll, I'll check in with him. Um, cool. And so, for those of you that are not sure what we're talking about, we did an episode with Stephen Henderson um, called "Why Are You Not Writing?" Um, and he had written, I don't even know, a, a, a huge number of first chapters of books. And it was funny because I was at a conference with him in L.A., which is where Josh lives near there. And uh, so the three of us met up, but I was at a conference with him and we'd be walking down the street and he would say, yeah, so I've got this story idea. And he would like pitch me this story idea. And, and I tease him all the time because we both teach in the same department um, and he teaches journalism. So he writes a lot of journalism pieces, uh, but, but he hasn't written like any long form stuff. Um, and so I keep teasing him like, Hey, when are you, when are you going to write your book? You know? <laughs> and so I kind of, I kind of, and so I said, you know, you know what we're going to do? Cause I, because he's just, he's a he's a really good guy. I said, you know what we're gonna do? Josh and I, when we do our art check, it's just gonna be about you. We're just gonna we're just gonna figure out, get to the bottom, what is actually stopping you from doing this. I want to correct this just a, a tad bit, just to kind of uh, like emphasize the 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 kind of how cool your friend is. So the the first time I met him, I I just instantly got this feeling like this guy has a story that he's not working on. And so I talked <laughs> right. to him and within like three questions, it was like, well, when are you going to work on your story? And what are you, and, and Corey like gets excited, like <laughs> super excited. Like, like this is the thing, this is the thing I've been telling him. And so, and then finally you kind of contained it a bit and we're like, Josh, just let's not even get into this right now. What we're going to do is we're going to record this. Yep. And this is going to be our next <laughs> art check. And I think that was the best call ever. I think it's cool that he was such a good sport about it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, so open-minded. And also, it, it's weird, but like only when you're in the trenches kind of making stuff, can you like recognize someone who's like dying to get in the trenches. Right. It's like it's just it's like you can almost just see it on someone's face when um, like and and people who've done the hundreds challenge will know like you you see those people kind of teetering on the sidelines who want to do the hundreds and you're like do it do yeah. it just get in there and um, it it kind of takes one to kind of see 
the person hesitating because we've all been there. Right. So, um, what's, so it was what's a really that, great. What's that phrase? Uh, a gun recognizes a gun. Yeah. You know, for like sure. It, yeah, and so yeah, if you've that's that's one thing about hard things, and this goes back to storytelling again. Like, if you've played high school football in an environment that is hot. Uh, you've experienced something that, you know, like 50 out of every 2,000 people have experienced. And you don't have to say anything to those those people. You just have to be like, oh, man, hell week. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I know shock about, right? Whereas you have to describe it to everybody else. But, like, that shared experience is interesting because there are people that, like, were I hated their guts. But then I was on a team with them and we suffered together and we had these experiences together and we had funny things together and it was like... They're still not great people, but like now nah, there's a kinship there because we have a shared story. Um, yeah. And, and so recognizing recognizing similar things is is a fascinating thing. But with him, I, I with, with Stephen, I will say it's interesting because it doesn't frustrate me that most people don't spend most of their free time telling stories. It frustrates me that he doesn't, um, yeah. or or wasn't. He is now um, because he, yeah, because I recognize that as a storyteller that he's a storyteller. Um, exactly and when you've been on the fences and you've broken through it's like it's it's very frustrating to see somebody who's so close and you're like and you know that they'd feel a lot of fulfillment if they just kind of went through so it's so exciting i can't wait to follow up with them and now some comments from our listeners uh we've been doing covering the topic of story and we've been kind of throwing out the question which is still being thrown out there to the community like what drives you to make stories what's your reason for making stories or your motivation for for telling stories and so um we we've kind of thrown that out there and the first person to kind of jump in and answer was marshall we kind of covered that um for like that almost took up a whole episode yeah and uh so we got some new responses on what drives people to tell stories and we kind of wanted to read them and share them because um, – and, and also before we even get into it, like encourage you guys to also participate and tell us your reason for making stories because it is really fascinating and kind of inspiring to see what drives us all to do this weird thing that we're doing. So um, with that said, uh, I think we can get into the comments now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I just no. wanted to preface it so people know what we're getting into. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh so Matthew Enstrom says, the reason that I like storytelling through art is that I can tell a story and show my vision um, that I have in my mind. When I was younger, I loved drawing and watched a drawing show after school every day called My Secret City, which Mark Kistler did. And he kind of talks about that for a little bit. Um, and then he he gives just a really fascinating um, kind of big history. So it's a, it's a pretty long comment, um, which which is really awesome read. And so if you want to jump into last last episode, um, which will be in the playlist here, I would do that. Um, and then he says, a few years back, I was at a conference and one of the seminars um, was teaching about storytelling and the guy was a great writer from England and he showed a 30 second commercial. And after it showed, they told a detailed story in 30 seconds. And my seminar, uh, sorry, uh, after the seminar, my friend and I talked about the speaker about for another 20 minutes. That wasn't the reason I went to the conference, but it turned out to be the best part for me just because of the knowledge I gained from that one seminar, I felt like I got my money's worth in the whole conference, which is which is a really cool and powerful thing, uh, testimonial of story that you can get. Uh, like Conferences are not cheap, and they're really time-consuming. Yeah. But 
he, he saw something happen in 30 seconds that, that really grabbed him. In early 2016, I went back to drawing on a regular basis and have made a couple of mini comics um, telling silly stories. Um, when I did the 100s challenge, I made a Bigfoot story um, with Invaders from Outer Space that was fun. It made me realize that the best way for me to tell a story with my vision um, on it is to do it in the form of a comic. Um, and he said that he also enjoys hearing the discussion um, of storytelling as well. And I think I could talk about storytelling like infinitely. I, I, so I agree. I really, I really enjoy it. Um, do you want to read the next comment? Sure. Um, so uh, Tune Blasts Art uh, wrote, I make stories because of the difficulties I had with my medical condition, ulcerative colitis. Um, being only 30, not only dealing with the financial burden of spending thousands of dollars on copays, also dealing with the social aspects of making friends or even dating, because things like dating is hard enough, but when you throw in a chronic or lifelong condition, and those aspects uh, can be 10 times more difficult. I hope to inspire others with my graphic novels and children's books that are dealing with a disability or chronic Ill illness uh, and give them hope. And I, I totally uh, appreciate that comment and sorry to hear about your struggle with your medical condition and I totally relate. Um, I think that's a huge facet to storytelling is the idea of kind of sharing, um, you know, different conditions and disabilities and stuff that people may not be aware of and kind of causing some empathy and also allowing like a point of connection for people who are going through that, that maybe are kind of looking for stories that they can relate to. And they're like, none of these are for me, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's great. And kind of speaks to like, one of the things I love about this is it really speaks to the diversity out there in voices, um, that, that can contribute to story. And, and reinforces like why it's important that everybody tells stories because each person's yeah. like driven by a little bit of a different uh, motive and, and it can be really fascinating and cool. So thank you guys so much um, in the community for sharing um, those things because it's just, I don't know, for me, it gives me fire because like anytime I read about people who are fired up to sell stories, it makes me uh, really fired up to, to tell my own. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree. And um, in the chat, Ox is saying, I know I've said this plenty of times, but the reason that I tell stories is because nobody else is able to tell the story that I want to tell or that I want to hear. Um, so I figured making it myself was a way to accomplish it, um, which is, yeah, which is also a, good. That's a huge one. And I, I um, often whenever I hear people like kind of overly critiquing stories, I always feel like, We'll, we'll write your own, you know, like right. in, in, in like a positive way because you can take yeah. a negative, like you can be like, this has always bugged me about this one movie. Why didn't they do this? You can do that. Like you can do that version of why didn't they do it yourself. Um, and if you crack open that nut of making comics, like, like our first comment that we read, um, you know, where it's like, oh, this is the medium to tell my story. Yeah, that's the scary thing about comics too because it's like, it's like a hit of of a drug that is really hard to, it, it takes forever to do, but it's right. super addictive and effective. So the 48 hour art check goes live Monday, Wednesday, Friday on YouTube at 9 PM California time. And we would love to have you in the chat with us. So if you can check that out, you can go to coreykercom slash 48 HR, uh, and that'll give you Josh's channel and my channel. And if you haven't review this, Give us some five stars. Share it with some people. We appreciate you guys. You guys rock. I would love to hear why it is that you tell stories. So send us a note at 
48hourartcheck at gmail.com on why you tell stories, and we'll include it in a future episode. Game over.